Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-host, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today is officially Landon's 32nd birthday. I would like to give a warm, happy birthday to you. So make sure to drop a happy birthday to Landon in the comment section, and we'll take a look at it later. Yes, thank you, everybody, so much. We do appreciate you guys coming out and spending my birthday with me. Absolutely. Also, guys, please make sure to drop a like. When you guys drop those likes, it sort of does this thing where it gets to be seen on other people's you may like section. And for us to keep growing and growing and giving you guys episode after episode, week after week, we have to continue to make sure that happens. So let's keep growing. And since it's my birthday, Liz has asked me what episode that I wanted to cover I thought about it for quite some time and I finally came across the idea of doing something that I've been so invested in and I think it's pretty cool. So we decided to choose UFOs and aliens. Yes, this topic is a little bit more terrifying for me. I have a very hard time trying to adapt to the idea that there's life on other planets. Not because it wouldn't be cool or anything like that. I just, I'm scared of what might come. I'm scared of what may take place here. Of course, but with anything, there is also a thrill. I just want to know things so that I can better prepare myself just in case anything does ever transpire with this. That is a very good point. (laughs) Now, this week's episode will not be really on the intuitive side. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. Because I can't necessarily connect to other realms or other planets. But then again, I really haven't ever tried. By the way, guys, we have a disclaimer on this episode. Just an FYI, Liz is going into talking about an experiment that we tried a while ago. We were in Canada at the time, and we have access to multiple different options connected to cannabis. Yes, so please make sure younger kids are not listening to this episode because it does talk about a couple of things in relation to 18 plus material. Just a disclaimer, marijuana has been legal across Canada since October of 2018. Yes, it has. And I have had personal experience with marijuana, and it does tend to help me see a lot better. It helps me focus more on my visions rather than my own thoughts. It also helps enhance my abilities, gets me to see things that I may not necessarily have been able to see without it. Alongside of that, Canada also has other options like psilocybin mushrooms. Now with that, guys, there is a lot involved with that, but more than anything else, there is a lot of rules when it comes to doing the psilocybin mushrooms. You have to be in a good headspace. You have to have somebody watch over you like a babysitter. It's not just something that you can get up and do without having a plan. Absolutely. Now, since cannabis had such an impact on me personally, I figured I'd give it a shot since a lot of people had made these suggestions to me. So it was Liz's birthday, and what better way to celebrate her birthday than trying out this experiment? (laughs) I remember eating them, and once I had completed them, I really didn't feel anything. And it took a while, maybe an hour. And then all of a sudden, the color surrounding me became brighter. Everything seemed to be more like in 3D. We were playing Fortnite at the time, and everything just popped out on the screen. It was actually like a very interesting, intense situation because it felt like I was actually in the game playing. And as this was going on, Landon was making me a cake and he ran out of icing. 
Yes, and I made a judgment call, and you're really not supposed to be going out anywhere. I was not under the influence of anything, but Liz was. She wasn't acting crazy or anything. She wasn't doing anything bad. So I decided to go take her to the store. Yes, and I remember while we were driving, I felt like we were in some sort of like hovercraft material. It did not feel like a vehicle. And we lived pretty close to an army base at that time. And it was very common for us to see military personnel and vehicles. And when I looked over to my right... I had seen a man and woman and I believe a couple other people in there, but they started to look at me. And as they looked at me, it was almost as if their faces were turning into like an alien-esque thing. And the skin was kind of like a disguise. It was pretty wild. I remember Liz telling me as we were driving along this exact thing. (laughs) There was also a woman in the line at the dollar store singing a song, Blackbirds Fly. And she kept singing that one line over and over and over again. And I remember feeling like her voice was some sort of mating call because all of a sudden everyone started to come into the line. Now, not everyone was looking like that alien-esque look. But there were a few people that did stay normal and some kind of looked again like the people in the car beside us. I kept hiding behind Landon because I was kind of afraid. I didn't feel anything else though. We went back home and other than everything being very vivid in color, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of vision related things. I kept feeling everyone's emotions strongly. I remember you telling me in that moment that you felt like maybe people didn't realize that they were from a different place or that aliens walked among us. Yeah, it was a very eye-opening experience and I may try it again at some point down the line, but until then, today we're just going to talk about our own personal feelings on aliens and UFOs. We're also going to try to talk about a couple of sightings that people have had publicly And we're going to try to ask a few questions to my pendulum about aliens. So if you guys have any other questions, please leave them in the comment section and maybe we'll make a part two. Absolutely. I can say that with the reason I feel as though we don't have a lot of details about UFOs in the world is because the government hides a lot of it from us. Even now, I feel like everything can just be explained away. And since people would rather want an explanation, they don't really push forward too much with anything else. So anytime the government says, no, it was something else, everyone stops thinking about it and then they just move on to the next big thing. Absolutely. There was a guy on TikTok recently that made that exact statement. Kind of chilling, actually. Anyways, let's start off by talking about Roswell. In 1947, a high-altitude balloon crash landed in Roswell. The aliens never left. On June 14, 1947, a rancher named W.W. Mac Brazel and his son Vernon were driving across their ranch land some 80 miles northwest of Roswell when they encountered something they'd never seen before. It was, in Brazel's words, a large area of bright wreckage made upon of rubber strips, tinfoil, and other tough paper and sticks. The metallic-looking lightweight fabric was scattered, shredded across the gravel and sagebrush of New Mexico desert. Brazel didn't know what to do with this information or these newfound items 
or how they had landed on the property. So on July 4th, he collected all of the mysterious wreckage that he could find. On July 7th, he drove it all the way to Roswell, delivering the goods to the Sheriff George Wilcox. Three days after the Dahl sighting, an amateur pilot named Kenneth Arnold said that he had spotted a flying saucer in the sky by Mount Rainier, Washington. UFOs aren't unusual, Lana says. They're simply unidentified things you see in the sky. We've all probably seen them before, and if you look long enough, you'll probably eventually figure out what it is you're looking at. It's not extraterrestrials. (laughs) By the end of 1947, mass hysteria had seized the global mindset, and with more than 300 alleged flying saucer sightings in the last six months of the year alone. Of course, because the mass hysteria, they did not want to freak anyone out, so they just told them that it was what everyone thought it was. And of course, everyone went about their day. Not all people felt that way, though. In Roswell, the populace had actually been cashing in on the alien craze for some time. The town had made it the International UFO Museum and Research Center. Even a local Walmart got into the spirit, decorating its walls and front windows in green skins and large-headed aliens. Roswell Civic Seal sports an artist rendering an alien, and the exterior of the local McDonald's in town had enough spacecraft-based accessories to look like a ship prepared to take off from a distant galaxy. Along with the town's main street, toy aliens, flying saucers, and other extraterrestrials that are sold in local shops. That would be my dream to go there. I would (laughs) love to have all of that memorabilia from Roswell. Uh, I decided to take out my pendulum in this case. Now, for those of you who do not know what a pendulum is, it is a gemstone. Sometimes it can be an arrow or a needle point, but mostly pendulums are based around a gemstone on a chain. And the gemstone waves either circular or a back and forth motion answering questions as you hold it over a palm or a pendulum chart and sometimes a belly. This is when you connect to your spirit guides. For those of you who are looking for ways to communicate with your spirit guides, this is a sure fine way to do so. We decided to ask about this particular moment in time and see if there was any truth behind it. Yes, yeah, so we asked three simple questions. Number one. Was this a genuine creature from another planet? So the pendulum is swinging in circles, so that means yes for the answer. Was the man and his son telling the truth about what they had seen? So the pendulum again is swinging yes for this one, but I also keep seeing something else really interesting popping up. I keep seeing that parts of the memory in their brains have been removed. That is wild. All right, number three, did the government keep all of the fragments and the alien in their possession? Yes, some items are still there. I feel like they're kept in a temperature-controlled environment, but I also feel like there are some items that have been decomposing over time because it wasn't kept in a temperature-controlled environment previously. I also had a couple of questions to kind of go along with your questions. I need to know a couple of details, too. So my first question is, uh, did the government have a live alien on their hands? 
Oh, this is giving me chills. And it said, yes, that is crazy. Did this alien pass away in their possession? Hmm. Now, I keep seeing a yes for this one because they were not being properly fed or properly taken care of. I don't necessarily feel like the first alien was treated badly. I feel like being away from its planet, you know, we kind of go on the moon with no oxygen. They need some sort of protection and I feel like it ran out of its protection. Now here's my last and final question. Did they plan to kill any other aliens that came into their possession? Uh, It says yes again. I'm also being told that there's an entire control team from most countries actually and there seems to be some sort of team to have these weapons in place in case things do ever get out of hand. It's crazy, though, with these answers. I've really never looked into this. I wasn't anticipating this. That is all very, like, super crazy, but I I agree with all of it. That's exactly how I feel. I really feel as though this was the alien's way of trying to communicate with us, though. I feel like we failed them. That is definitely what I am genuinely afraid of. I keep feeling like we have done everything in our power to like examine them and not all species of course but I see with them we haven't really been hospitable to them we just pretend like they don't exist I honestly feel like we have possibly created an enemy and afraid of like mass destruction if we don't comply especially if the government decides to go after these creatures in a war type setting That would be very terrible. I really don't want that to happen. I feel like they will use their brain capacity a lot more in depth than we could potentially ever do. I feel like they would probably just take control of us. (laughs) You know, that's actually a really good point. That's where I've always been very stuck. I've always been scared that something bad will come because of certain countries not being able to control themselves and not being so welcoming. They can barely handle different races and ethnicities in certain parts of other countries, let alone complying with different species that don't look like you and I. That is absolutely very true and sad. But at the same time, I feel like the aliens are now just going to like stay where they are, like just coming and hovering, like they're not going to try anymore because we've denied them so many times. Good point. By the way, guys, when I get answers from the pendulum, they are usually just yes and no answers. But sometimes me personally, I don't know how it works for everybody else, but I do get visions while I'm doing the pendulum. So I'm just giving you a little bit of the extra details as I go along so you understand how I got to that point. We definitely didn't expect that to happen either. Now, here's another story. This one I am actually really, really touched by. Barney and Betty Hill were an American couple who claimed that they were abducted by extraterrestrials in New Hampshire from September 19th to September 20th in 1961. Now, this was one of the first wildly publicized report of an alien abduction in the USA. Their story was adapted into the best-selling 1966 book, The Interrupted Journey, and the 1975 television film, The UFO Incident. According to a variety of reports given by the Hills, the alleged UFO sightings happened around 10.30 p.m. on September 19, 1961. Now, the Hills were driving back to Portsmouth, 
from a vacation in Niagara Falls and Montreal must be nice. I find it very interesting that they were vacationing in Niagara Falls and Montreal. Right? Just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter, upwards to the west of the moon. While Barney navigated the U.S. Route 3, Betty reasoned that she was observing a falling star, only it moved upwards because it moved erratically and grew bigger and brighter, and Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look as well as to walk their dog, Delcy, which, by the way, the cutest dog, if you guys ever look up this couple, oh my God, they are in love. Anyways, Barney stopped at the scenic picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. This is where Twin Mountain becomes popular, I'm assuming. I agree with that. Betty looked through her binoculars, observing an odd-shaped craft flashing multicolored light traveling across the face of the moon because her sister had several years earlier seen a flying saucer herself Betty thought automatically it might be this that she was observing through binoculars which he conveniently had on hand he's got to be a bird watching man Barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner traveling towards Vermont on its way to Montreal He soon changed his mind because without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. This observation caused Barney to realize this object is definitely not a plane. They quickly returned to the car and drove towards Francino Notch, a narrow mountainous stretch of the road. The hills said they continued driving on the isolated road, moving very slow through the Francina Notch in order to observe the object as it came even closer. At one point, the object passed above a restaurant and signal tower at the top of Cannon Mountain and came out near the old man of the mountain. Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, which was 40 feet long, and that seemed to be rotating. The couple watched it in silence. The illuminating craft move erratically and bounce back and forth in the night sky. Can you imagine seeing something like that? I wish. (laughs) About one mile south of Indian Head, they said the object rapidly descended towards their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. The huge, silent craft hovered over the hills, in their 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air and filled the entire field of view in the windshield. It reminded Barney of a huge pancake. Carrying his pistol in his pocket, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were just peering out of the craft's windows, seeing them looking at him. In unison... All but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel at the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. The one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicating a message telling him to stay where you are and keep looking. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. Red lights on what appear to be bat wing fins begin to telescope out of the sides of the craft, and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. Their beings were somehow not human. 
Varney tore the binoculars away from his eyes and ran back to his car. In a near hysterical state, he told Betty, they're going to capture us. He saw the object again shifting its location directly above the vehicle. He drove away as fast as he could, telling Betty to look for the object. Betty rolled down the window and looked up. Almost immediately, the hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping and buzzing sounds, which they said seemed to bounce off the trunk of their vehicle. The car vibrated and tingling sensation passed through the hills' bodies. The hills said that they then experienced the onset of altered state of consciousness that left their minds dulled. A second series of beeping and buzzing sounds returned to the couple to their full consciousness. They found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles but had only vague spotty memories of the section of the road. They recalled making a sudden, sharp, unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock and observing a fiery orb. I can only imagine what these people were going through in this moment, like how hazy things were. It's definitely something that these UFOs can potentially do. They can mind control us and keep us calm and haze our memories and speak telepathically to us. I really get the feeling that Barney automatically assumed they were going to be abducted because I feel like they mentally told him that and he just put two and two together. I would definitely agree with that. Like I said, they can just control us. I've heard in the past that certain sounds, like there's explaining the beeping and buzzings, certain ones can regenerate your mind. Interesting. Now, I know this may not be a popular statement, but I really wish I could have experienced something like this in the past or even now. I'd love to be able to prove my own theories and I have my own personal experience with it. I wouldn't have run away like Barney or Betty. I would have just definitely stayed there and let them take me. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I, 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 I think you'd be on your own there, honey. I mean, I'd probably try to convince you otherwise, but that would probably be about it. But maybe I wouldn't have any control. Who knows? Ten days after the alleged UFO encounter, Betty began having a series of vivid dreams. Now, they did continue for five consecutive nights. Never in her memory had she ever recalled having dreams in such detail and intensity, but they stopped abruptly after the five days and never returned. They occupied her thoughts throughout the day. Now, when she mentioned them to Barney, he was sympathetic, but not too concerned, and the matter was dropped. Betty did not mention them again to Barney. Betty began writing down the details of her dreams. In one dream, her and Barney encountered a roadblock and men who surrounded their car. She lost consciousness but struggled to regain it. Then she realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk in a forest at night and of seeing Barney walking behind her, though when she called to him, he seemed to be in a trance or sleepwalking. The men stood about five feet tall and wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by a military cadet. They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, a pretty prominent nose with bluish lips, and their skin was a grayish color. In the dreams, Betty and Barney and the men walked up the ramp into the disc-shaped craft of metallic appearance. Once inside, Barney and Betty were separated. She protested and she was told by the man she called the leader that if she and Barney were examined together, it would take much longer to conduct the exams. She and Barney were then taken into separate rooms. 
Betty then dreamt that the new man, similar to the others, entered to conduct her exam, and the leader, Betty called this new man the examiner, said that he had a pleasant, calm manner. Though the leader and the examiner spoke to her in English, the examiner's command of the language seemed imperfect and she had difficulty understanding him. The examiner told Betty that he would conduct a few tests to note the differences between humans and the craft's occupants. He sat her on a chair and then a bright light was shown on her. The man cut off a lock of Betty's hair. He examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, hands. He saved trimmings from her fingernails. After examining her legs and feet, the man used a dull knife, similar to like a letter opener, to scrape some of her skin onto what resembled cellophane. He then tested her nervous system. He thrusted the needle into her navel, which caused Betty agonizing pain, whereupon the leader waved his hands in front of her eyes and the pain vanished. The examiner then left the room and Betty engaged in conversation with the leader. She picked up a book with rows of strange symbols that the leader said she could take home with her. She also asked where he came from and pulled down an instructional map that was dotted with stars. The leader then informed Betty that she couldn't keep the book, stating that he had decided that the other man did not want her to even remember the encounter. Betty insisted that no matter what they did to her memory, she would one day recall the events. She and Barney were taken to their car, where the leader suggested that they wait to watch the craft's departure. They did so and then resumed their drive. Now, I know this is a little bit of a bigger story, but I had to give you guys all the details. It was hard to kind of cut it up. But I really feel like these two individuals really had no reason to lie. I feel like Betty, without realizing it, based upon her story of her sister, it seems like her family has a connection to aliens. And I feel like these aliens have actually been tracking this family for quite a while. I also am not convinced that Betty only had this one encounter. I feel like Barney just so happened to be in the mix of it because he's attached to Betty. That's kind of what I get from the spiritual sense of things looking into this. That's definitely a good point. Do these aliens have any sort of tracking device on some of the family members? Hmm, okay, let's go back to asking the pendulum. Now, from what I gather, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think so. I keep seeing that it's invisible. I wouldn't mind an invisible tracker. <laughs> The other weird thing I keep picking up on in this particular situation, now, I asked the question, were any of these aliens evil or trying to harm the human race? The pendulum did not sway for approximately two minutes. Then when it started to sway, it was indecisive, meaning that it was swinging and circling all at the same time. Yeah, so we decided to revise the question and ask if these particular aliens were trying to hurt the hills. The pendulum says no. I then revised my question again and I asked if there was any evil aliens on other planets that could hurt or harm us. The pendulum went very quickly and said yes. Then I automatically received a vision, kind of a tiny red rock. The tiny red rock continued to get closer and closer, and it actually looked like a big planet, but it wasn't fully circular. It was more of like a rock shape, and the brightness of the red was kind of like Ariel from Disney's hair. 
I think what you're seeing is a planet, and I wonder what kind of evil creatures could be there. <laughs> no idea. My brain would not allow me to go in that deep. But it is pretty cool. I've never really tried this before, and it's actually very interesting. It's also very interesting that aliens have psychic and telekinesis powers where they can communicate with us in our mind, except we all know that, and they can control what we say without speaking out loud. <laughs> it is very cool. I wish I could do that. I wish I could show people what I see so they would like believe me more, you know, see that I'm physically doing something. Wouldn't that be something? That brings us to our last and final conversation about something that recently happened and it was captured on video by multiple different people with multiple different angles. December 23rd, 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada, above the Sapphire Las Vegas Hotel, if you guys actually haven't seen it, take a look on TikTok and you'll be able to find it. But there appears to be a bunch of different lights in the air, like right above the hotel. Now, most of them are like white ovally shape looking. And then there's like a little bit of a larger red shape in the middle. Now, it is very hard to see because the clouds were really heavy this day. Go figure. But then again, I think that could have been something intentional. Definitely. There's a lot of alien activity that takes place in Nevada. I personally believe it's because of Area 51 being so close by. It's almost like they're trying to let the government know we know what's going on there. <laughs> now, here's the thing. This one I was struggling to believe was accurate. And then I started to look at other options here. People were taking photos from different angles and videos from different angles and phones. So it was appearing to quite a few people. I feel like we are constantly trying to debunk these things to give us peace of mind, regardless of how much proof we've actually been given. I have seen this video from multiple different people, multiple different angles, and people are trying to indicate that the spotlight that was shining in the air could have made that. But you can see in the video that the spotlights are shining around and those particular lights are just staying stagnant and they just seem to disappear. Right, and also in the video, the lights are pointing down, whereas the lights from the hotel are pointing up. So it's just, it's totally different. The government relies on the fact that most people will just pretend like it's a fake thing, especially when it comes to dealing with Area 51. Obviously, Area 51 has a lot of people try to show up there. They try to get in there. 200 people showed up in 2020 right away when COVID happened. I wonder if at some point in the future, we will have another go at it. I'm going to ask a couple questions here. Now, my first question is going to be about the incident that took place above the Sapphire Hotel and if it was real. Now, I feel like my pendulum did not understand my question, so I brought up the video as like a reference and placed my pendulum over the phone to see if that would help figure it out. Right away, the pendulum went in a circular motion, which is a yes for me. Now, the second question I asked, was this particular incident in reference to anything to do with Area 51? That was my question. The pendulum swung a little bit, we revised the question. Liz asked then if the UFO was coming close so they can download the database within Area 51. Now, I'm not even sure where that question came from. It was so weird because 
maybe a second before I asked it, I didn't even have that question in my mind at all. So I decided to ask anyways, and automatically it said yes. So I'm assuming it was suggesting for me to ask that question. That is so cool. At least somebody has access to Area 51. (laughs) No, here is the most uh, terrifying question I asked. With an equally terrifying answer. In Area 51, had they potentially captured any of the UFOs floating above Las Vegas? And it strongly said yes. And then, of course, my curiosity took the best of me and we decided to ask one more question. Will we ever, as civilians in our lifetime, ever be able to find out what is going on in Area 51? (laughs) And we were able to determine that we absolutely will. Now, my last question for the pendulum was, if we are ever going to physically have an encounter with an alien or UFO, and I'm talking about me and Landon here. The pendulum says yes, but very hesitantly, which I can't wait for that to happen. (laughs) We revised the question and asked again, have I ever had any sort of interaction with a UFO or alien from a different universe? And right away, Pendulum says yes, strongly. I'll tell you, that is creepy as creepy can get. Even if we have aliens out there, I wish we were able to kind of identify them, you know? More so just for my own curiosity more than anything else. I have so many questions. The more I fall into this rabbit hole, the deeper I go. And more and more questions keep coming and arising. I know, right? It's fascinating. I've had these questions for many, many years now. Well, guys, that is it for us today on the UFO alien episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it just as much as I did. Depending on how you guys like it, we could definitely explore this again at some point and see if we can dig up some more stories and see what else we can find out, which sometimes does happen. And we will let you guys know. (laughs) Absolutely. Also, tomorrow night, don't forget that the Princess Diana episode will be airing for our one year anniversary and it will be on the exclusive side. So guys, you have to be an active patron member in order to obtain this episode. A lot of people get confused on the patron side of things. Podbean is the only place you can access and it is a $2 fee, not $200 like people think, which will be taken out of a credit card or a bank account, however, which way you set it up. Absolutely, guys. Until next time, stay freaked out. Stay freaked out.